We'll talk a little bit more um, at the end of our time uh, about uh, the three weeks and what we're going to be doing. Um, if you, uh, we did have a, a gathering on uh, New Year's morning, and um, we actually had more people there than we have today for some reason. It was really good. But if you had to miss that, uh, please, um, you can see the video um, on our Facebook page. You don't have to have a Facebook profile uh, to view that. It's in, in a public, uh, it's set uh, that way. And then also through the podcast form, uh, Rebecca and I just brought uh, an interactive time together that I think is going to be really important for how we go into these uh, three weeks. Um, and um, if you had to miss that Sunday, um, last Sunday, we also, we uh, did a little bit of an interactive exercise just to talk about it. We have it on paper. We have some extra copies um, up here. Um, if you're new to the, the three weeks of prayer and fasting, we do have a, a single page um, explanation. Um, there are some copies of that on the book table in this corner of the room and some on the piano over here. Uh, so that, that single page explanation, I think, will really be uh, helpful to you as well. If you use social media, you can find us on social media. Um, so want to make sure that you're aware of that. And we do also have um, a private page for people in the church. You know, some like to share some stuff privately. Um, we do have a number of different uh, ways that you can uh, make donations. The Church Center app, downloading on your smartphones, is a way to access that. We give our time, energy, and money, we give because we love. We give so that we can share the love of Jesus through our church with our neighbors in Hamden, Waverly, and their surrounding Baltimore uh, neighborhoods. That's the, the purpose for that. This morning, I'd like to talk about restoration and rebuilding. Restoration and rebuilding. Most of us over the last three years, have faced uh, a challenge like never before. Uh, and to whatever, and we, we prayed through this, talked about it uh, last week, but also maybe some layers that we haven't fully processed. Maybe it was um, anxiety around medical-related things or financial-related things. Maybe it was just a layer of pressure of feeling like you're not sure if you're angry about all the right things at work and in the neighborhood and everyone you talk to, just a pressure of like, am I reading the same things? Am I angry like everybody else? Like there was a, kind of been a, a social pressure around that. Uh, there can be a lot of different things that are a layer, a layer of, you know, am I going to get COVID? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Um, really grieving police brutality, grieving um, the violence in our city. And certainly uh, some of us this, were touched by that this week. Um, there can be a lot of different things that have affected us. In fact, um, in the holidays, good activities can deplete us. A lot of good activity can, can deplete you. Can, you can wear yourself out. And so what I felt such a strong caution in my spirit this year before we start uh, three weeks of prayer and fasting is that we really have an entirely fresh approach 
and perspective so that this isn't counterproductive to our relationship with God. Because I think the D words you see on the screen, some of us would find ourselves in that place. Depleted, discouraged, damaged, or dry. And that, that's last Sunday, that was why we did those exercises. That's why we asked those questions. That's why we did that. And, and certainly not to say that, not to suggest that what Rebecca and I led us in is, is the perfect and complete answer. Um, but God can do anything at any time. But I think what we might be finding, like is, is mentioned in the book titled Resilience by John Eldridge, um, a Christian um, uh, pastor and therapist, is a understanding that it is helpful for us to give room for restoration and rebuilding. And so let's turn, let's turn to a scripture. God speaks through the prophet Isaiah to people, real people, who had real problems. Those who wait for the Lord, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Those who wait on the Lord. You may be, maybe as a kid, you grew up with uh, hearing the old English, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. That word renew is a suddenly finding that which was depleted as new. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I mean, you know that for me, after six months of the effect of COVID on my body, I couldn't run right now if my life depended on it. Now I'm rebuilding my stamina. But the thought of running and not growing weary, that's like crazy to me. Now, when I was young, like Ashlyn and Zach, no problem. Go watch Ashlyn play basketball, run circles around the competition, score lots more points than the competition. When you're young, the, the idea of running and not growing weary might be, yeah, no big deal. You live a little life and it is a big deal. Those who wait on the Lord. Now, now, this is a word to people like us. And it, refer, it uses that word that's really one of the most common words for God in the scripture, Lord, Adonai. So there's an athlete I noticed this past week named Adonai. I thought that was an interesting choice of naming your child. The most common name for God, I think, in the scripture is Adonai. And Lordship is a part of the concept. That's a recognition that there is someone more powerful than you. And what we believe is that the one true living God is all-powerful, all-knowing, the giver of life. Lots of mysteries around all those beliefs, lots of 
subjects underneath subtitles that we could question and delve into and that we should. But the idea here is those who wait on the Lord. And we've talked about recently, it's important for us to get um, to mature spiritually. And a part of maturing spiritually is a recognition that um, God isn't my homeboy in a sense of I'm asking God to follow me as I go about my life. And in America and in Western society, what most people know as church is primarily event attendance and primarily this initial thing that functionally at the end of it all is asking God to, hey, bless me, help me do the things I want to do. But if we, really, if we grow up a little bit and we take a step back, if there is a God who is the one who gave life, who's more powerful than any other, who knows more than any other, then that God has been alive before you were a thought in your parents' mind. And so maybe that God has the best ideas. And maybe that God has given you life with design. Maybe that God knows what is best for you. Maybe that God is already at work with the billions of other people on the planet. And maybe what God is doing with the billions of uh, other people on the planet is something that you can connect with. Maybe you can connect with something that God is already doing. So, but those who wait on the Lord will find new strength, new strength, life force, your metachlorian count or what, you know, so the, the amount of things people expect me to know medically and sci-fi wise these days, like <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. Your life force, you will find more life force. You will find more strength. Those who wait on the Lord. So my hope and my prayer is that this is a church that is uh, zero on the legalism scale and high on the appreciation of God scale. That this is, we are a group of people that we are thankful for who God is and what God has done. And that that is our motivation, that it fuels any of our activities. Why am I saying that? Well, we're starting three days, three weeks of prayer and fasting like crazy people. Oh, wait. Like Actually, most humans in most of history have had a spiritual belief, and most of those beliefs have included fasting. Just saying. In the explanation page, there's some books on the subject. So, but it would be a mistake in our state, in our state of being depleted, discouraged, damaged, and dry, if we identify with one of those, to add spiritual activities to what we're already doing. We talked about that last week. What I want to say loud and clear is this is a time to do less. So that God can be at work in restoration and rebuilding in us. You need recovery. If you're depleted, you need to take your recovery seriously. You need to give time and space and energy have a, a dedication so that you can be restored. So that you can receive from God healing. And maybe you're holding on to unresolved, unexpressed anger at anyone. Yourself, your neighbor, your, the world, the ex-political party that you have unresolved, unexpressed anger, and some of it may, good, may be good, healthy, that motivates to good actions, 
not all anger is bad, but if we have stuff that's unresolved that needs healing, we have bitterness and things that need to be forgiven, if we have stress and anxiety because we're trying to make everything happen out of our own strength, we're holding on to these things that maybe God hasn't asked us to hold on to, part of what we prayed through, talked through last week was having times in prayer where I clue into God's presence more than anything else, where I bring it all to God and I let go. Benevolent detachment, John Eldridge calls it. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. Strength that didn't begin with you. Strength that doesn't come from you. What I'm not talking about is pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Whatever those are. I don't even have those. (laughs) I'm not talking about grinning and bearing it. I'm not talking about pretending. You hear me? A lot of us, in our initial time of coming to church, we come to church to pretend. To pretend we're a better person than we really are. To to pretend that life is better. to, To have somebody tickle our fancy so that it's easier for us to pretend through the whole week that things don't suck. I mean, that things are not bad. But a part of what we are yearning for is for this world to be better, more beautiful, more kind. A part of what we are yearning for will only happen when Jesus returns. A part of what we're yearning for is the marriage feast of the Lamb, of the joy without end. But God didn't put that yearning in us to cause frustration. He put that yearning in us so that we would invite him to bring it here and now. That we would taste it and experience it now. January 8th at whatever a.m. Now. That we would taste it. That it would be in us everywhere we go. Those who wait on the Lord. You'll find new strength. Wait. That word spoken by Isaiah in the Hebrew is to wait for eagerly, to look for eagerly, to hope for, to expect. It's a decision. It's a lifestyle. But also, what does it mean to you in the moment? If you get into prayer, and prayer is primarily work first, man, it's not restorative. We need restoration and rebuilding. Watch this now. Psalm 73. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me into a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? It's a song that as as a kid, our church, we sang a lot of songs that were scripture and song, and that was one of them. Whom have I in heaven but you? There's nothing on earth I desire besides you. I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail, my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. 
Oh, this verse has meant a lot to me over the last six months. When my health fails, when my heart grows weak, God is the strength of my heart. God is the strength of my heart. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, John adds this editorial note, He was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in Him, but the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into His glory. Jesus had taught them what He meant by what He said in this moment, and John includes that explanation. What we believe as a Jesus follower comes from what Jesus taught. And I think one application of what Jesus is teaching here, this rivers of living water, Jesus is saying, he's talking about our awareness of the Holy Spirit in close, personal connection, moment by moment. It should be life-giving. I'm literally tuning my spirit into God's frequency. It's doing all the work that is necessary to shut out all of the distraction, to bring myself to a place where I'm more aware of God the Holy Spirit within me than anything else the rivers of living water. If I find myself depleted and dry, it's time to give attention to your awareness of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people in America are using pseudo-Buddhist practices around mindfulness. In fact, biblical meditation What the worshipers of Yahweh have done long before anyone was following the path of Buddha included meditation, included breathing, the breath that God gave us, included pushing other things out, included zeroing in to be more focused on God, including that kind of mindfulness, that kind of thoughtfulness, that kind of focus, and included a meditation on who God is and the Word of God to be a launching pad, a springboard for prayer. Not activity that we do to try to earn more favor or earn God's love for us. No, that is already complete. That's already settled. That's done. God's not going to love you anymore tomorrow than He loves you today. We don't come here. We don't do these exercises so that God would love us more. So that God would forgive us. No, it's settled because of what Jesus has already done. But when I receive that forgiveness of God, when I repent, when we make that turnaround in my life, the Holy Spirit is within me. And so it comes to me, will I take the time to be aware of God's Spirit? That living water. Uh, For some of us in the room, the book Practicing the Presence of God is a a helpful reminder of these principles. Last week, we we prayed through the truths found in a few scriptures I just want to bring back to our memory. Here's Jesus talking about this um, close personal connection and relationship. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 
When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Are we following Jesus' teaching as the Good Shepherd? And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. We see is a close, personal relationship with a God who is not insecure, who doesn't need us desperately in relationship, who already was in relationship, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but who invites us into close personal relationship. We talked about last week, God knows what happened this year, so we can bring it all to God. That's what we're encouraged to do. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. There's nothing that's happened, no loss that's been suffered, no thing that you're holding on to that feels so heavy that we can't bring to him. And Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. So here's what the Jesus followers believed. You find in Hebrews 4 and 10. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. The grammar here and everything that's been talked about in context is both uh, that day that is yet to come when Christ returns, and it's also spoken of as a here and now spiritual reality. We can boldly enter God's presence. Part of this is Also, inviting Jesus into every area of your life. Particularly the areas where you need it the most. Be that a character defect, a a constant repeated mistake, a self-inflicted wound. The more I learn about who Jesus is, the easier it becomes for me to welcome Jesus into that area of my life. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. See, with all that God did through Jesus, the good news, we are forgiven. We're given a new spiritual life, a new spiritual heart, the hope of heaven in front of us, forgiveness of sins, no longer needing to be punished for those things that are from the past and given a new birth and ability to make a life change. As a result... We can operate out of a base of love, acceptance, blessing, and assurance. It's what we receive from God in salvation in the good news. So we're feeling depleted and discouraged and so on and so forth. We come to this realization that God has abundance and that God shares abundance. That's more than enough. Jesus said, I come to give you life and that to the full, to the fullest that you can experience. So we can now live from a base of love, acceptance, blessing, and assurance. 
So we prayed through last week. It, it, it brings us to a place of wholehearted devotion. Wholehearted, loving God. Loving God with the best of our energy. Loving God with all that we've got. Putting God first. Here's what I believe. We can all start this new year receiving God's gracious restoration from the past and rebuilding resilience for the future. Rebuilding resilience for the future by creating margin in our schedules over the next three weeks of prayer and fasting for focused, uninterrupted time with God. We've got to give God the space to bring about restoration in us. And make this fresh commitment of love for Jesus. That then gives us the energy to make a fresh commitment to our own recovery and a rebuilding of our depleted resources. Our spiritual resilience. But it, it's impossible if it's not sourced from God's energy. And it's impossible if we just try to work to make it happen. We've got to start from a place of receiving from God what we are not capable of creating in us. Does that make sense? So any of the the prayer cards we handed out, the prayer prompts for every day starting with today, that is all useless to us if we don't do everything humanly possible to have some uninterrupted relationship time with God. And if in that uninterrupted relationship time with God, we don't really zero in on being aware of God's presence. So, this is in rebuilding resilience. This is a part of what I think Paul is writing in Philippians chapter 3. And he's talking about the word there is endurance. But this was something that just rang in my spirit so loudly for us for January. Forgetting the past. Wait, what? And this is actually the context of this. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is talking about his own positive past experiences. He, he's talking about his good accomplishments. Not just emotional baggage. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. This yearning for that day. And this is, he's he's called them already to healing, to restoration, And then after that healing and restoration in the rebuilding of resilience is where he's talking about we got to forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead. Now, remember, the context is the past has been healed. It's not pretending that it's all good. That could be the worst thing you could do today. So we spent that time on it last week. I keep mentioning the different ways. God wants you to process the things that need to be processed, heal the things that need to be healed, forgive the things 
receive the forgiveness. There's a lot that happens to coming to that place of healing, right? Restoration. Then when we've done that, then it's time to forget about the past. Some of us even find ourselves surprised that we're spiritually weak because we remember that five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, we had these amazing experiences with God and we think that that is exactly who we are and what happened today and that that is exactly what's already transpired today. It hasn't happened today. Now it helps you, what you learn from it, the scriptures you memorize, the lessons you learn, the times with God, all of those things are valuable. But they are not today. Does that make sense? Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I like what John Eldridge writes in Resilience. We need to rebuild, recharge, restore, rebuild our resilience so that we don't lose the faith, so that we don't miss Christ's return, so that we have the faith. Jesus talked a lot about this anticipation of his return. And you all know this isn't a church where we're talking about the end of the world all the time. But what I do want us to have is an awareness that Jesus is close and Jesus is returning, that this world, the way things are now, will come to an end. And that we should have a confident hope, a joyful expectation, but also a rebuilding of our resilience for that day. Whether it is when I pass away or when Jesus returns, and it's obvious. But we've got to give, have a, a commitment to our own recovery. The recharging of our batteries. How the heck do we do that? I'm so glad you asked, whoever that was. One, obviously what I'm talking about today is make a fresh commitment of loving devotion to God. Right now, let's just have a pause for prayer. Some of you, you already know. You already know this is, this is what you need today. You need to make a fresh commitment between you and God of devotion, of loving devotion to God. So I'm just going to pray and give you the opportunity in this space to make that commitment to pray to God right now. Lord, we come to you and we're thankful that you sent Jesus so that we could be forgiven of our sins, that his crucifixion, his resurrection is proof positive that this is real, that it's true, that we can confess where we've been wrong, receive forgiveness, and make a fresh commitment to live new, to put off the old and put on the new. So today, God, we say forgive us for where we've been wrong. We confess it as wrong and something we're going to forsake, we're going to turn away from as we turn to you. And so today, God, we make a fresh commitment to live for you, to love you with the best of our energy. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. So that's our first step. Our second step, ask for God's help in removing distraction to your awareness of his presence. I think of all my spiritual muscles, this is the one that's needed to be the strongest. What's the strongest muscle in the human body? The quad? Is it the, I don't, I don't, anyone know? The heart? The heart? Okay, that's a, pound per, that's a per capita definition for sure. <laughs> so 
One of my strongest spiritual muscles is that I'm easily distracted, and so I have to do a lot of work to cut out and remove distractions to my time with God. And so that's why my devotional tools are all on paper, because i got to put anything with a notification bell away from me. Did you know that there's time every day that I'm not available for your 911 call? Because I'm on my own with the maker. Hello? So, but you've got to ask for God's help with that. And guess what? That's a prayer you know will get answered because God has already said he will. So ask for God's help in removing distractions. And you know, I just say the word distraction and you know what it is. But for some of us, that's the craziest thing we got to do. It's that private thing we got to do to put it all away. Number three, write down why do you want to be closer to God, more aware of his presence. Think about it. Write it down. If you're not clear on what your motivation is, this is going to be a struggle. Is that too real? Pastor Ben, you shift gears so fast, I just can't, I I was feeling really good about that, and that one's kind of weird. Now listen, this is, if we're going to be honest about who we really are tomorrow, this is helpful. Write down why you want to be closer to God. And here's another one, write what areas need restoration and a rebuilding of resilience. And again, that paper, the the exercise we did last Sunday are helpful for that. Identify it. The Holy Spirit's already brought it to the surface, has already made it clear to you. Write it down. What are the areas where where you're depleted, where you need a recharge, where there's brokenness and needs a rebuilding? Write those areas down. Number five, plan changes to your schedule so that you can have time and energy for this. Please hear me out. All of this that I've just talked about is going to be counterproductive to your life If you try to go about life as a normal week, for ancient people, one of the biggest blessings of fasting, which is a going without food for a dedicated spiritual purpose, was how much time and energy and effort it took for the hunting and the gathering and the food preparing and the cleaning. We get sucked into scrolling on the phone and so many other things which can have good purposes But if we don't cut stuff out, this won't be therapeutic and transformational. We've got to do less of even the good stuff. Because remember, even good stuff can deplete us. Make plans. You've got to make plans about how it's actually going to work. That's why we always, we keep the explanation of this during the calendar year. We always give warnings and instructions about it way ahead of time. Today is never the first time you hear about this. We want to make sure you have time to make plans to change your schedule so you have time and energy to do this. Number six, share the journey with others. This is an action point you hear me talk about often. Much of the scripture is written in the all y'all plural grammar in the New Testament, and it's saying that this spiritual journey is works best with strategic connectedness, with relationships where we're connected with each other on this journey. We are encouraging each other on this journey in moving forward. So tell someone else that you see in this room, or someone who's usually in this room, tell them what you're going to do, 
what your plan is. Ask for their encouragement. Ask for their reminders. Ask for their help. Share the journey. Share the things you learn about it. Share the things that you're thankful for. And I want to close with this. Thank, Thank God for this. Thank God for this. We spent some extra time today in worship. Really zeroed in. And so I just want to close our time with this this scripture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. Let's close in prayer. God, we believe it. We believe that that is true. So in closing today, we say hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you that you are good. You have proven to be good. You give us many, many proofs of your goodness. Thank you that you've been good to us. Thank you that you've been good to millions of others. Thank you, God, that this is who you are, that we can follow these principles Dive into these truths. Grow, that our roots would grow stronger into the love of Jesus that we can receive from you restoration and a rebuilding, a replenishing of our resilience in you. We thank you, God, for who you are, for what you're doing here and now in this place and among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, please feel free to make sure you get the copies. Again, I'm going to email them out and we'll use the pastor's daily email mechanism for those to be daily posts as well. They'll also be on the church um, website. Um, And if you you notice someone that wasn't here today, share it with them and uh, you can mention the, the video on Facebook as well. Thank you. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.